All right, Mena fans, welcome back to Mena Fandom, the premier Kirk Minahan reaction podcast. I'm your host, Menas. I've got two guests today. One of them is very punctual, professional, prepared, and I'm talking, of course, of Mike Cologne. Mike, uh, welcome to Mena Fandom for the first time. Thank you for having me. Heard a lot about you. Finally, nice to be here. Hey, well, thank you. Um, I um. Uh, yes, yeah, so Mick's tied up for the moment. I just got a message. Um, so I don't know um, when Mick will be turning up. Our, so, yeah, Mick's beyond average. Mick is also supposed to join us, but looks like he's um, not going to be here. So it's just going to be me and Mike. So, uh, listeners, Mike, for those of you who missed out, Mike did a very good interview with Kirk during the week. Um, it, what's your show called, sorry? It is called uh, Miked in New Haven, M-I-C apostrophe D in New Haven. It's a little wordplay because I used to be a sports radio caller uh, to W-E-E-I, Kirk's Old Station, and I was Mike in New Haven, so it's a little play on words. Oh, it's, it's a really clever play on words. Um, I, I bet you spent a lot of time thinking about that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think it was a really good interview you did with Kirk. He, he, he gets uncomfortable going through his history, but... Uh, Often interviews are not for the the subject; they're for the listener. So, um, even though he might have, you know, he did, he was very gracious. He went through it all with you, but he said on his show he doesn't love doing it. Um, but he was very gracious; he did it well. And I think for listeners, it's really valuable to hear that stuff. So, excellent job! I think it, you know, my interview with him is number one. I'll give my friend Andy Mayo the second spot, and yours just in there in third. It's good to be in the top three, you know, so I'll mm. take it. Yeah, he was he was great. And, you know, I had I thought I had about 40 minutes, but, you know, I was in shock. And, and so was Dave Cullinane when about at the 40 minute mark, uh, you know, I was getting ready to wrap it up and get him out of there. And he says, I can give you more time. I says, OK, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I, I tried to understand because knowing Kirk, like we were talking about it off the air, knowing Kirk, you know, you try to not go for the standard things that he frequently calls out about the podcasting slash radio business. So I was trying to make sure that I made it fun and more conversational than a deep dive, a 60 minutes as deep dive. And thankfully for me, it, it went well, you know, I hit all the right buttons and it ended up being an enjoyable conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's very, very lovely. When I went into the studio, he gave us more time, you know, he, he can be moody and grumpy occasionally, but Overall, he's great to his fans. And, um, you know, you, you seem like, um, you know, you had that real radio vibe going on. I feel like you, you know, you want to be on the radio. Uh, you know, when I was younger, yeah. I mean, growing up listening to WEEI and for those from New York area, WFAN, for sure, you know, you definitely have your aspirations. But I think as I got older, the beauty of it now is that if we were having this conversation in, let's just pick a random year, 1997, you know, that would be the only medium to get in. If you wanted to be in media for anybody, it would either be the radio or be television. But I think now what's cool about the current landscape is that there's so many different avenues that you can be successful in. YouTube's available, podcasting, nobody even knew what that was. That wasn't even invented yet 20, 25 years ago. Uh, but now with that medium, you can really work at it. And if it can't become your main hustle, I think it's not everybody can make it their main hustle. It can certainly become a very worthwhile side hustle at the very minimum. And do you enjoy doing your show? Very much so. It is a lot of work, as you can attest to with this show. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter what type of show you do. If it's guest heavy, if it's not guest heavy, mine's is guest heavy. Uh, and guest centric, uh, should I say? 
Um, so that factor, you know, especially when you're a one man band and nobody else is producing it for you and, and you have to basically do everything yourself. That part of it is a lot of work, but the finished product is always something to be proud of. So I've done it for parts of four or five years now and enjoy it a lot. It's, it is a lot of fun. Oh, good. And, and can you explain in your Twitter bio why it says you used to get yelled at a lot by Mike Francesa? So for those of you that and I'm sure most of the audience know who knows who he is, Mike Francesa was a, a particularly legendary figure in New York radio, kind of like Kirk in a sense in that he could be grumpy and moody, <laughs> but not a, not a bad fella. Just, a, just I love a how comment. you just explain. I love how you just explain to the audience who Mike Francesa is. So keep going. Keep going. Uh, but you're not, not a bad fella, just a complicated individual. And uh, I used to call him a lot back in the day. You know, he was on WFAN forever. He was on. He was one half of Mike and the Mad Dog, and he was solo. And you know, I used to try to be a troll and give him a hard time and go at him and argue with him. Silly stuff when you're 14, 15, 16. Uh, that I look back on now and I kind of cringe a little bit or a lot. But uh, yeah, he he, uh, he he used to give me a hard. To his credit, listen, he gave me a hard time right back. And you know, we had we ended up having a nice relationship. He was my first guest ever on the show. Uh, and right. uh, you know, every now and then I haven't talked to him in a while, but every now and then we would text. Uh, so yeah, I, I used to, that's why I put that. I used to get uh, called out and chewed out by him a lot. In sports uh, uh, excellent. Well, listeners, that is Mike Cologne. He's a huge Minna fan. Uh, so, you know, thrilled to have him part of the Minna fandom family. Um, and yeah, great to meet another Minna fan. Let's get into taking care of business. Um, well, first thing I had to jump in during the week and do the official KMS wrap up show. Uh, because Justin obviously quit the show. So I did a live show on the network. You can go and find it. Um, Dave Cullinane gave me access to go live on the network. So for long-time listeners to the show, they'll know that that's a historic moment. Uh, I did the show with uh, Robert Matawaska and um, Blind Owl. Got a ton of views, lots of great feedback. And, you know, the main reason I did it was Kirk tweeted out that he thought that Wednesday was so crazy. We needed a wrap up show, and you know there was a lot of people watching live. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a thrill. Did you watch it? I did, I did, and I have to, you know, admittedly Wednesdays are always busy for me, so I, I was able to watch at least the first fifteen minutes of it. I'll have to go back and finish it because, yeah, it was it was it was really, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, you know, in a little bit. It really was an odd week to start. I mean, you had everything that happened. I felt like Monday was a standard show. Uh, it was interesting, but standard, it really wasn't until that Tuesday show. And then all the craziness on Thursday with Alex Bennett that that made it, it ended up making it really an all time week for, for KMS. Absolutely. I think I've listened to all the shows three times this week and, and final bit of taking care of business. Um, listeners to the show will remember the tragic demise of my son's pet mouse Simba who died, um, earlier this year. There was a, maybe we're going to go to the vet. Anyway, those will remember Simba. Well, We've had another loss in the family. My cat, Charlie, got one of my son's pet mouse, Alice, and ate the mouse um, pretty much in front of my son. My son pretty much saw his pet mouse get devoured in front of him. So we've lost another mouse. Unfortunately, Charlie's now in hospital, our cat. So our pets have had a a rough week. But I know a lot of you um, invested in the, the health of the little mice running around. Well, there's only one mice left, and it's it's Jerry. Um, no, sorry, Tom. Tom's left. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so it's um, family politics. The pet cat <laughs> ate the pet mouse. Um, all right, let's get into the show. So, uh, 
you talked about an odd week. Well, it started with, you know, mini golf talk on Monday. So we had the big tournament in Maine. Kirk came fifth. His brother Ryan came um, third. Um, and a little bit of criticism has been directed at Dave Cullinane for the way it was covered, the fact that uh, a hole-in-one was missed by a Kirk hole in one was missed by the camera crew. Um, not all the holes were covered. And Mike, I'm a Dave Cullinan fan, but I, I feel that if you've got Justin and Dave there, there's no excuse for missing a hole. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have it. I'm a Dave Cullinan. It's called Cullinan. Cullinan guy as well. I mean, it's it, as you said. If there's two people there filming, and as long as you have enough charge and you're following him, you're not going to be following anybody else around. So I didn't understand that. I mean, it's one thing to forget to put out the scores because I do get if you're focused on filming, you know, you can't mm. put out the scores in real time because you don't want to potentially miss anything. But to not capture every aspect of it, you know, especially you missing something like a hole in one, the, the Kirk had a, had a right to be uh, pretty ticked off about that. I know I would be because it's like, well, as you said, what excuse do you have? And like, like quite simply, you could alternate holes. So Dave exactly. Cullinane does one hole and posts it while Justin's doing the next hole. And, you know, you alternate that way. I don't need to explain how to alternate. But the other thing was like that, you know, they should have had, you know, portable phone charges. Cause, um, so they knew their phones because their phones were going to run out. Um, that, you know, if they knew the internet was bad, they could have actually just recorded every hole and not posted it like right there and then they could have, you know, posted a lot of the holes later on that yeah, night. And just down. Had, exactly. And had a little compilation going of um, all the holes. Um, and you could even put the score on the screen then, um, you know, make a little YouTube video. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm, uh, you know, it's not a big criticism because I, I still enjoyed it, but it's just a shame we didn't get the full experience. Well, maybe they're saving that for when Kirk actually wins one. You know, he came in top five. Mm. He wasn't happy about, you know, he was happy to finish in the top five, but he wasn't happy about not getting the win. So there's a couple other tournaments coming out. I think one in Connecticut in the Canton section of Connecticut, which is pretty up there. It's about close, to, pretty close to Mass. Uh, so maybe he can win that one, you know, but uh, mm. and maybe then, although it'll be harder now because there's only one guy, no more Justin, as we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, I thought Kirk played excellently. I, I thought he, he he just didn't quite get the balls kind of falling his way. A couple of those balls that just scooted past the lip, you know, if they go in, he's all of a sudden probably in the top three. Um, a much better performance than when he went up there last time. And, you know, he didn't have a, a meltdown like we saw in that last tournament where he 20 putted from three feet. So, uh, you know, good performance. He's as good as mini golfer, as he said. And, uh, you know, you got to say the Minahan brothers, they could take the mini golf tour by storm. I mean, Ryan and Kirk could be the, you know, the the premier mini golf players in America pretty soon. Yeah, I would say. I would say I was very impressed because he makes it look so easy. I mean, you know, they went to, I think, remember there was an episode a few weeks back, a couple months back, uh, earlier in the summer where they went to a course locally in Mass and he was killing it. I mean, and he has a very calm approach to him. Tiger Woods at Augusta 97, some might say. <laughs> Uh, and, and Dave Portnoy loves the whole thing. He loves yeah. Cullinane's commentary. He loves Kirk competing. I think we'll see more and more mini golf at Barstool because of what Kirk's done. 
Yeah, I think you should. It's a nice thing to invest in. I mean, in this plus, you can try to probably do something for charity, get some charities involved. And I think it'd be a good thing. There's no such thing as, uh, well, there, there's such a thing I should say as bad publicity. But if you want to get some good publicity, not that I think Barstool cares about that, that's a good way to do it. You know, and they've uh, mm. shown an interest in philanthropy before. So that could be something that we see a lot more of in the future. I know I would like to. Are you a mini golf player, Mike? No, I'm a mini golf watcher. I, I would suck at I, You know, I, I've never actually played a game of golf. We used to like smack the ball around in gym class and whatnot. But, you know, nobody was taking it seriously. We were trying to play it like it was baseball. But I've never actually formally played an official game of golf. And I, I don't think I'd be very good at it. But I do like to watch it on television for sure. Mm. Yeah, I like mini golf. It's kind of like normal size for me mini golf it sort of feels like a, a regular size course so right. um i particularly enjoy it um now uh i met dave cullinane in july and I, I will say i think his hair is thinning but but very slowly like it's it's it, it's it's happening but i think you know he's got a few years before it becomes really noticeable but you can see on the top it's definitely thinning yeah, because you know what it is? It's probably stress. I mean, think about it. I mean, he's his kids are very small. <laughs> one's two, one's four, right. I think. So you have that yep. to factor in with and your parents. He's you got know. Yeah, okay. he's got blobe. He's got blobe, you know, snooping around his private life. He's got right. to deal with Kirk and Justin every day. Right. So, you know, all those things, it's kind of like Gigi Sestone and the Sopranos that he was being, he was becoming so stressed between he mentioned stuff at the house with his kids going through college and Ralph giving him a hard time. He ended up constipated on the toilet and he died. I don't think, my, I don't think we should bring up the Sopranos too much after ah, what happened with Kirk and yeah. Imperioli. Good point. Good point. But yeah, Dave, I mean, although I hope nothing like that happens to him, obviously. I can see why the hair would be thinning. <laughs> you hope he doesn't get whacked? No, I hope he doesn't end up uh, constipated after one too many yeah. turkey sandwiches. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, he's got to deal with Kathy, and uh, she's all over the place. And, and Big know, Jack. Dr drunk on Sunday mornings making <laughs> breakfast. So, um, I, I, look, I, I'm – yeah, but if I, my advice to Dave Cullinane is as a, a, a man whose hair has fallen – you know, started to fall out, uh, you know, I'm like 10 years into that happening. Um, I would just say, just accept it. It's a sign of, you know, wisdom. It's a sign of uh, dignity. You know, it's, it's, it's a sign of seniority. So he just has to go with it. I agree. Now, yeah. You're only 22. So <laughs> you, you've got a long way. And for those, you know, who you know, who haven't seen Mike Clone, he's a handsome young man oh, from you. Connecticut. Um, I don't know why he's a Minna fan. He certainly doesn't fit the um, the sort of, uh, st you know, you, you don't look like the typical Minna fan, Mike. <laughs> uh, young, handsome, got stuff going on. Um, John Stewart's a huge fan of yours. Um, he is, really? So lock, lock your door. Um, wow. I didn't know that. Did he say anything to you specifically? I just can tell. He's a massive fan. Yeah, he was wow. thrilled you were coming on. We've got tons of listener questions to get through. Um, all right, now we had a bizarre Dave Cullinane moment when uh, this just to me explains the 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 both charm and frustration of one David Cullinane. He on Monday he called Cupcake Alex Bennett's opponent a bitch, mm -hmm. and and Kirk goes, "Hey, hey, hold on!" And he goes, "Oh no, no, I didn't call her a bitch. I called her this bitch, so it's different." Now, Mike, you, you're someone who probably knows a bit more about the local slang in America. If I say 
Mike Cologne's girlfriend is a bitch or she's this bitch. Is there a difference? I, it, well, I, I try not to use it. So this of. bitch, this bitch, Mike Cologne's girlfriend or the bitch Mike, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. But the, the thing is, and I, I don't try, I try not to use that kind of, that kind of language in my daily vocabulary, but the way I've heard certain girls say it, you know, to, about their friends, oh, uh, Lisa is that, you know, in that word, meaning it's supposed to be like a compliment, depending yeah. on the context in which you use it. Oh yeah, she is that, you know, and then that word. Uh, and, you know, there is the negative connotation as well, where you say it uh, to somebody with malice and, you know, with nothing but scorn. You, need, you know what? I need to get Mike Montante with you. I don't know if you've heard of him. I have. He has a problem where everything at the front of his brain just comes out of his mouth, whether it's a, a an awful racial slur. And you won't even say the word bitch, which is so refreshing. You know, these days, kids just dropping F-bombs all, you know, they think it's so cool. <laughs> you know, you won't even say the bitch word. I love it. I need to get you and Montante together, but go on. Sorry. No, no problem. So I think it depends on the context. But when I heard Dave specifically reference it, I, I, he didn't say it in the loving way. That's for sure. He didn't say it in the no. complimentary way. So I, I didn't understand what he meant by that. He's, but and I, and again, I love calling him, but he's never been known as much of a wordsmith. And that was a good example as to why. He just the way he was saying, "Oh, I didn't mean it that way." Just, just if you say it, say, "Oh, you know, I was joking," and, and don't say that's one thing. This yeah. Bitch. Yeah, just yeah. So just bizarre word salad um, from Dave Cullinane. All right, so we get over the mini golf day on Monday, um, and then Tuesday's show we get the launch of Mini Fans across America. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I gave my thoughts on the wrap up show. I'm not too sure how this is going to work. Um, Mike, what do you think of Mini Fans across America? Have you volunteered? You know, you're young and fit. You could do 20, 30 miles. But what's what's the plan? Uh, I don't know if I can volunteer myself for that because, you know, believe it or not, I actually did have knee surgery uh, a number of years ago. Uh, to, I didn't get oh. injured, but I had a weird condition that I had to be corrected. I'm fine now. So with metal in my knee, I have to be careful with how long I walk, actually. And, you know, I get around, I walk, but I don't know if I could commit myself to that. And I credit anybody that can. So I, what I was trying to figure out, and, you know, I, I might sound like a dummy for asking this, is this going to be nobody's walking to a specific destination, though, right? This is cumulative miles over time that one's maybe walking daily, right? Is that what the goal is? No, no, was? no, no. They want to walk from Madawaska across the country to, like, point – Cape Alba on the West Coast. They want to traverse America, your great country, through the middle. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know. You know, they're talking about, you know, I've I've heard rumors of Minifans hiring cars and loading up with 10 of them and, you know, driving across the Dakotas, rotating, walking and running groups. I mean, it's just a crazy concept. Um, Look, I'm not one to criticise, but I think this may be a little bit ambitious. Like I think, say, a walk from, I don't know, maybe, you know, if they want to do a charity walk, how about like a walk from Boston to the, you know, New York Barstool offices and end there with a big party or something i don't know yeah um, i mean it'll take a dump on clemmer's desk or something <laughs> because logistically i'm like I'm, I'm i was thinking about it and i love the concept i think it's a nice concept and i think it's a cool idea and kirk even talked a little bit about it on my show but i'm thinking in my head i'm like logistically as you said it might be a little ambitious to try and pull that off just because you don't have everybody together people will lie and unfortunately and say they walk 20 25 miles when the reality is very much different so that's one of the things that i'm like if you don't have 
complete control over it and you don't know who's participating. And even if you do have an ironclad idea of who's involved, you don't know if they're telling you the truth and being straight up with you since there's literally Mita fans everywhere. Mm, like I volunteered I, for twenty I volunteered for twenty miles and I'm in Australia, so I don't yeah. know how I'll be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things to to. If you would have said, and again, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know the show as well as they do. I don't know the ins and outs of the ideas as well as they do. Even if they do talk about it strictly on the air and don't have a lot of conversations about it off the air, I'm sure there is a degree of planning behind the scenes that we don't know about. What I would have done, if anything, I mean, your idea was pretty good, but I think what I would have done is have them walk. 15 miles from wherever they're at to a specific destination, however many miles they want to walk, you know, have them screenshot it, send it in. You could have put a cumulative amount of miles together and you could have made some money off of that. And like I said earlier about philanthropy, pick a charity, uh, pancreatic mm. cancer, for example, and you could have donated yeah. to that. Yeah. That's what they did um, with that other charity walk with the Dave Portnoy um, charity walker. Yeah. It would have been a good idea. Where, um, so yeah, look, I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but so we so we started to get on on Tuesday talking about this little bit of, um, I guess, uh, woe is me, Justin, and then and then <clears throat> we come in, and this is the beauty of Kirk Minahan show. He does a bonus show on Wednesday that will turn out to be in the top, you know, two percent of episodes in show history, mm-hmm. and well, we started with. You know, and I went through this in detail on the wrap-up show, but Justin, you know, asking for a full-time job, them offering it to him, then Justin saying he didn't want it, and then <laughs> Justin just leaving mid-show. Mike, what's your take? Justin Trudell is about, well, I'm 22. Justin's about four years old, no, three years older than me. He'll be four years older than me next month because he'll turn 26 next month. And again, I can't speak to his mental health struggles. I don't know what goes on in that regard. So I want to be very delicate with how I word it. But, you know, Kirk was talking about this generation. And sometimes, you know, within my generation, we've gotten a bad rap of us being people who are very entitled and being uh, very uh, seeking and demanding even of opportunities that we may not always deserve. And while that's true with some people, it's not true with all of us. There are a lot of us that do generally bust our hump and try to put forth our best effort to get to certain places. And maybe it happens for us right away, maybe it doesn't, but we do put it in honest effort. I feel like he didn't play his cards right. I think after the $29,000 fiasco, that would have been the moment for him to put his foot down and say, and listen, I've been there with separate experiences. There have been experiences behind the scenes with me with the podcast that something didn't work out and left me feeling awful. But after a few days of feeling bad about the whole situation, the light bulb goes off over your head and you say, okay, it's over. That happened. I can't undo it. I can only get better and work super duper hard from here and make sure that whatever I do next, I can erase the bad memory that I have here. And I can look back at this sometime soon, hopefully, and I can laugh at it because I've done a lot of great work to mitigate that. If Justin would have sat down and said to himself the same exact thing after that fiasco, all right, this sucks. I feel awful about it, but I can't do anything about it. I just need to own it and be better. He would be in a better position now. And I don't, again, with the mental health playing a factor and a significant one at that. I don't know how he feels day to day. And I certainly wish him the best in that regard. So you, so, you, it, so you should take this right back to the 29K thing. You think this has been festering since the 29K. It's an interesting thought that, you know, the fact that Justin never really owned that mistake. He blamed the caterer. He pushed it on Carl. It's right. an interesting take. I like it. I like and it's I like get it. It's like a scab that's been festering. 
Right. And I get why it's difficult to listen. We don't want to, it's, it's our general nature. We don't want to admit we've screwed up something. You know, it's difficult to admit, yeah, I goofed up here. Nobody likes to man, woman, doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. It's always a difficult pill to swallow, but sometimes that's the only way that you can get ahead. And like I said, I've had to do that, you know, and I've had to sit down and say, God, Mike, you really didn't play your cards right here. But that's, you know, usually it's after I do that, that my best work follows because you can mm. you, you use that to fuel you to say, okay, this can never happen to me again. And I think, if, like I said, if Justin would have sat down and said, all right, I goofed this up royally. I, I'm so ashamed that I did this, but you know what? I have to learn from this and I can, I have to make sure that this never happens to me again. And if he would have went out, started working on getting sponsors, started drumming up ideas for content and really thrown himself into the work. Remember he's 25. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He's not married. Obviously he doesn't have any children. That would have been the never time. Never going to get a girlfriend. Well, never going to get a girlfriend. You never know. We don't want to say that, but if he would have just thrown himself completely mm. into the work and immersed himself in it, using that as motivation, I think it would have suited him a lot better to where he could have gladly walked up to Kirk and said, after doing that, I want a full-time job here. But why he but felt tentative. Are you astounded that they were going to give him the full-time job, Mike? They were going to yeah. give him a full-time job at Barstool with KMS producing the show would have been, you know, decent money. You know, well, I think they were talking around 40, 50 grand a year. So for a bachelor. Yeah. That's bachelor good living money. at home, that's great money. And then, mm -hmm. He just walks out. I, 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 I'm astounded. Yeah, I didn't understand that because, I mean, listen, Kirk was busting his chops, as he always does. It's typical Kirk. But as Kirk said, he doesn't dislike Justin. I know he goofs on him a lot, but he doesn't dislike Justin, doesn't hate Justin. And even Kirk acknowledged, yeah, I can be a bit of a complicated guy sometimes. But a lot of it, we're just horsing around, which is standard mm -hmm. for the show. So when they're telling you, listen, all right, you'll get a job here. You'll be working full time. They were even trying to create hours for him so that they could pay him. At that point, if I was him, I would have stopped talking. <laughs> you yeah, know? At, that, at that point, all there is is just to sign the contract. Yeah, exactly. And look, I don't want to say I was right again, but I was right again because they <laughs> said it was a mistake to bring back Justin, and it was a mistake because I think we've we've seen very clearly that he's actually not built for the show mentally. And and look, not a lot of people are. You know, it's rough in there. Kirk can throw you around like, um, you know, a rag doll sometimes. So you've got to have a certain fortitude, uh, you know, war Steve down. You know, Cullinane's perfect for it because he can just let everything wash off him. Uh, and I just, you know, Justin clearly, it's personality-wise, it's not right for him. He's a terrific, he can make content, but, you know, he doesn't quite have the mental fortitude. I don't even, don't even want to say that because it's not about fortitude, but it's just it's not right for him. It's not the right fit. And, you know, we saw it before. He comes back, and he's only back two months, and he's out the door again. So as Kirk said, that's it for Justin. We'll never see him back. And I actually think hopefully it'll be better for his mental health. I think so, too. I think it is the right call because look, even Blind Mike, you know, Blind Mike for a while left because of the same reason. He's back now and he's great. Blind Mike is terrific on the show. But he had to go and really kind of handle a lot of the mental health things head on as he himself is discussed on the show because of that same reason. I know me personally, I can't knock Justin for that because I wouldn't do well in that. You know, I have a history, unfortunately. And for those that listen to my podcast, I have talked about it. I was bullied a lot in middle school. It left me with a lot of scars and it left me feeling very worn down and defensive too. Mm. And that can Sorry work. To hear that. 
And, you know, I've, I've emerged from it okay, thankfully. You know, I had a good support system. But, uh, you know, that that kind of uh, demeanor can work for other environments, but not for that one. Because if you come from that background, listen, Kirk is going to needle you on those points. You know, blind Mike, look at that as an example. There's a lot of different points he would needle Mike on. And Mike can take it now. Mike can even dish it back. And it's funny. It's great to listen to. But for Justin, and again, I know for myself, Maybe it wouldn't work so well. So it can be one of those things where he can pop up in studio every now and then. He can be a guest. He can make an appearance. But to be there day to day in that grind, uh, it take, like you said, it takes. I think you hit the nail on the head. It takes a special person to hang around in there. And how would how will you remember Justin, Mike? He was a good man. <laughs> uh, he was a good man. Served his country well. <laughs> yeah. uh, Justin, I think, uh, God, that's a good question. I think he was somebody that meant well, um, certainly tried his best, uh, but didn't, you know, there's a little, there's a, there was a meme that was going around for a while last summer. He's a little confused, but he's got the spirit. I think that's the best way to encapsulate Justin Trudell's tenure in the Kirk Minahan show. He's a little confused with where his life's going, but he had the spirit. You know, I think he genuinely does love the show, but my hope is that down the road, when you hear anything about Justin, the show, or if you hear anything from him on social media, that he's doing really well for himself because he's not a bad guy, you know, and I never mm. want to see anybody in dire straits. And I really do feel for him in his mental health battle. So I wish him nothing but the best, you know, I think he gave it a good old college try, but like you said, it's just not meant for everybody. Mm. I mean, for me, he'll go, we went out on top. I thought the, the car <laughs> sleepover with Tim and McFuss daddy was so fantastic. So he, he goes out on top. I wonder if after the car sleepover, Justin had like family members asking him like, what sort of job have you got where you have to sleep in your car all night with, you know, Dana, yeah. the mayor of Waltham. And so um, probably better he moved on. Right. Yeah. So if you ask me just just before you get to the next topic, if you would have, and again, he's better than I am in that aspect. Because if you would have asked me, I'm a neat freak to dirty my car and to have strangers in it for 12 hours, and for me in the middle of the night to stay in it for 12 hours, I mean, you would have had to fire me because I would have said no to that. You know, I, I wouldn't yeah, want to exactly. do something like that. Yeah, no. Um, but Justin, um, Justin, you know, did it, and it was look. He he finishes on top, in my opinion. Now let's. You know, RIP Justin, let's move on now because this is where the week has emerged as fucking the enemies have come out of the woodwork. KMS, and there's nothing better than when KMS has real enemies. So Alex Bennett on the shit list. Pat on the shit list. Rico tentative. I think Kirk's going to give him a free pass on this one. Uh, but a huge week. So for those who um, haven't listened to KMS. I'm just making fun. Um, so Al Alex Bennett um, is now out of the show because she's on Chris Clemmer's uh, dozen team. Pat, Pat, gay Pat, who's not answered a question in years, has what been fired from the team um, by Kirk after he made some tweets, you know, basically supporting Bennett and Clemmer's team. So Pat's out. He's now managing the Clemmer-Bennett team. And now Rico and Kirk have uh, got their own team and they're looking for a third person. Um, there's so many things to unpack here, uh, Mike. But firstly, Alex Bennett, what a snake. You got. I've listened to that audio. She knew she was on. She knew 90% sure she was on Clemmer's team when she was on the show, the main show, and she just didn't want to say it. 
Well, because she wanted something. You know, she was looking to gain something from Kirk. And when you want something, I've been the victim of this. I've seen this play out with me in my life. When you somebody wants something from you, you know, they're going to be, you will never see anybody be more cautious. You know, people who have never had any kind of thought about being cautious, about being shrewd in their lives, will always apply those qualities in an instant when they want something from you. And she wanted something from Kirk. Even Kirk acknowledged that. Kirk knew that going mm. in. He wanted something from her with the Springsteen thing. So, you know, I think it can't be all that surprising. But I think uh, it would have been a lot better if she would have just came out and said, I think Clemmer's going to be on my team. Because I don't know. Do, does, does Jeff D. Lowe assign who's on whose teams? Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, she, she had nothing she just, to do with it. She had nothing to do with it, so I don't know why she would hide it. I mean, listen, if she would have came out and said, and I get it, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Listen, I know you're not going to like this, and this is out of my hands. You'll have to take it up with Jeff, but they have assigned Clemmer to my team. Listen, would Kirk have gone off in that minute and done a rant? Maybe. But I don't think he would have been mad at her. I think it would have been more directed towards Jeff, and the relationship would have still been even. And I think Kirk would have came to appreciate her honesty. But by her being coy about it, I guess that's what led to him uh, now being firmly on the side of Team Cupcake. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and also fuck those Stooley Clubhouse guys. They, they can go <laughs> fuck themselves. They were criticizing the Minahan, the Minna fans this week. I mean, they are the biggest bunch of losers on the internet. Those morons. They should all fucking jump off a bridge or something. Um, but look, back to uh, back to Cupcake. Of course, I'm joking. I don't want to upset <laughs> Mike here. Um, it's a comedy podcast. We are in the comedy section of uh, iTunes. No problem. Um, no problem. So, so, so Cupcake. Yeah. Uh, so now everyone's on board with Cupcake, hoping they beat the shit out of Alex Bennett. <laughs> Cupcake was awful on the show. She's not a great guest, but I'm hoping she's a better bo- boxer. She's cute. Yeah, she's cute. I I, I did uh, see her. She started up with Twitter now. She's, uh, she's a pretty lady. Well, I mean, I get it. She's not really used to that kind of environment. When you talk to her, I mean, this is somebody that's a little bit more low-key, she comes mm. from that uh, that Midwest background a little bit, not, not a little bit, obviously. But growing up in West Virginia, do certainly definitively come from a Midwestern background. So she's got that Midwest nicety, you know, that Southern hospitality to her uh, that I don't blame her for. You know, she seemed shy on the show, so I give her a pass for that. She was shy, she was nervous, and she didn't seem like she knew oh, yeah. a lot about Kirk. So you know. no, no, no. But I, I just hope she just. I hope underneath that shy exterior is like there's a, a monster. <laughs> yeah, ready, to, Mike like, Tyson. You know, Alex was Bennett was like, oh, I'm worried about my nose getting broken. I broken. I hope that nose is like a mashed potato by the end of the fight. You know, I think it's three one minute rounds. I'm hoping she gets some good shots in there. Um. So then Clemmer. So Clemmer. So he he doesn't write anything about what happened, even though he's in the middle of this big fight between Bennett and Kirk. He doesn't write anything. Then the next day, Clemmer writes a blog. Did you see Clemmer's blog? I did. I read it, and I feel. I kind of feel bad for Chris because Chris genuinely, I know that the Mena fans feel a certain way towards him. They feel that he turned his back on the show. I feel that he kind of didn't play his cards right. If he would have been open about wanting this job from the start, then it would have been easier, you know, but it did feel like he was distancing himself. And obviously, listen, when you don't have a job and you're saying, I don't know if I can do next Monday and Tuesday and you can't provide a valid reason Mm. as to why, obviously, you know, you're going to put yourself in a position with a boss like Kirk to get on his bad side. So that's exactly what happened. But still, Again, in this particular instance, he didn't ask for any of this. He didn't ask to be assigned to uh, Alex Bennett's team. Again, he didn't know. It's all in Jeff D. Lowe's hands. So I I feel like he was in a very uncomfortable position to where he had no choice but to say something. And I felt, listen, I made this maybe an unpopular opinion with what he wrote. 
I thought he wrote something that was very profound and very succinct and, you know, very, it was very well, it was very well done. I didn't have any problems with that blog. I thought it was very well handled in this part. Hmm. I thought there was some funny lines in it. I liked the, the last line where he, he, he made a joke about, you know, Kirk bringing um, his dead dad's skull and he, yeah, I saw, that was pretty be, funny. Be good to see his dad um, again. Um, <laughs> Look, and just as far as Alex Bennett goes, she's put, fucked this up because Chris Clemmer doesn't trust her now because as soon as there was a whiff of trouble, Alex Bennett asked for a trade and Kirk doesn't like her now. So it just shows, Bennett, you've got to be honest, you know, because she tried to play both sides, Alex Bennett's um, left she, uh, with she, no one. She's a blonde. That's the wife of a billionaire. I can't say I mm. expect much in the, in the character department out of somebody like that. Mm. And I'll leave it at you, that. You get him, Cologne. Um, but then with Chris Clemmer. So this is my thing with him now. I think he's got to just stop this. I like Kirk. He's done a lot for me. He's just got to tell Kirk to fuck off. Because I, I, my problem with the way Kirk's behaving is if, like, if when Kirk had seen Chris start to flirt with Big Cat, if Kirk had said, you know what? I'm not comfortable with this. So, Chris, don't come into studio anymore. You go and do your own thing. Instead, Kirk still kept Chris coming in. He told him to go on Barstool Idol. He told Dave Portnoy to hire him. So I can see Kirk being upset that as soon as there was a whiff of attention from Barstool, Chris went off. But you can't have it both ways if you're Kirk. You can't say that's annoying and then, you know, push him into the job. So I think... Chris has just got to say, well, Kirk's being a dickhead. He can fuck off and just own it. Yeah. I mean, I get why he doesn't want to say that because then the men of bands are going to come after him. His mentions are going to be shot, you know, and I, and I get that. And I do understand his position that Kirk has given him a lot. And there is a sense of loyalty there because it goes without saying, obviously, is Chris in this position without Kirk? No, he's not. But still, I mean, if you're going to get harangued about it and harangued about it over and over again, and if you get told at the Wilbur to make a clean break, as Kirk uh, said that he told Chris at the Wilbur, you know, I, I, I do get what you're saying. At some point, you just got to say, listen, dude, I'm sorry that you feel this way. I'm sorry that, uh, you know, the Minifans fans feel this way by extension, but I'm doing my own thing now. Leave me alone. Just let me be. Hey, yeah. And I just, uh, yeah. And, but I, I do think Kirk's sort of doing both. He's, he's sort of, he's, I don't know. I but that's Kirk. Kirk. You got to expect that. Yeah. I mean, that's Oh Kirk. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. But I think uh, at the moment, Chris should just embrace the hate. And yeah. I think he'll actually get some more respect. No, um, be the heel. Be the heel. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's, uh, Chris is an enemy. Alex Bennett's an enemy. Cupcakes on the team. Pat's out of the dozen team because he tweeted, just found out that, this is from Pat, just found out that Alex Bennett, Chris Clemmer, and Castellani are on the same team for the dozen trivia. Honestly shocked Jeff DeLo let that happen. What a wagon. Kirk said, what the fuck is this? And then sacked him. Uh, well, he, I think Kirk resigned first and then sacked Pat. So yeah. just an incredible turn of events. Now um, they're back together. Um, so it's Rico and Kirk looking for a third. Uh, you know, Stooley Clubhouse and Jeff Nadu will probably be at Watertown trying to <laughs> f- fight Kirk next week. I mean, they're enemies. Just you know, Do you love it when it's like this, Cologne? 
Yeah, I like the chaos of it. Well, the show has always been a little chaotic, but I, I feel like KMS is at its best when they're at war. The K Marco episodes, mm. a peak example, obviously. I think even to a lesser extent, the episodes immediately after Clemmer left, the same thing. So when you have Kirk with the clear enemy in sight, uh, the Willie Cologne thing, same thing. When you have Kirk with the clear enemy inside, or in this case, multiple enemies. No, no relation? No relation? No, no, he is not related to me. Not to my knowledge. You know, we'll have to do just a just DNA checking. test, but uh, no, he's not related to me. Uh, I did hear uh, I did hear Mike mention that blind Mike on the show. I got a kick out of that. It was pretty funny. But, uh, you know, when you have clear enemies inside like that, yeah, that's Kirk at his best, man. Because, I mean, it's, it's just there's a different energy. It's extra rabid. It's extra intense. There's a different kind of focus to it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, fuck and fuck all those people, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, and the, the funny thing about these barstool people is they all act tough that they want to fight. But as soon as Kirk actually gets into it with them, they all start pissing and moaning, and you know they just can't take it. You know, Kirk is smarter than them. He's better at fighting, uh, and he always wins. And you know, all these um, idiots in the head office are just going to get run over by Kirk and the Minifans. No, I mean, and you, re- you have to remember, he comes from that radio background, and he's really the last of that era of radio. I wouldn't want to call Kirk a shock jock. I think he's more than just a shock jock, honestly. But, I mean, he does come from that uh, style of radio and that era of radio. He's influenced heavily by Howard Stern, as you mentioned, maybe a little bit of Don Imus in him, too, to where he's comfortable being in the trenches. He comes from a background where he was constantly at war with 98.5, so he's used to that. It doesn't bother him. And it seems like that's his personality. It seems like, yeah. you know, he grew up with uh, his dad who was pretty hard on them and, you know, Ryan and his other brother who he doesn't talk about anymore, Adam. Sorry, Kirk. Yeah. Um, you know, the three brothers, you know, you know what brothers are like. I don't know if yeah. you've got any, but, you know, you make fun no, of each other. You're busting right. each other's balls. So uh, right. he's got that that side of him. Yeah, yeah, Which of is course. why there's not a lot of fem- feminine energy around the show. Yeah, I mean, that's it's exactly it's a little bit different with me. I do have some brothers, but, you know, I'm closest with my older sister and my older sister. You know, it's it's a little bit you, it's unique in that sense uh, the relationship with the uh, sibling uh, in that in that regard. But still, you, same thing. Uh, the brother sister dynamic does not change. I'm pretty sure it's true mm-hmm. for sister and sister. You do bust each other's chops a lot. And at times there is a little bit of sibling rivalry. You know, now that it's like mm-hmm. that, my sister and I, we get along great. But when you come from that background, it does build character and a unique character at that. You know, when you're coming now into this era of keyboard warriors and people that essentially put on this persona, mostly for content purposes, they're not used to that. So when it actually gets real and they actually fire back, yeah, you're right. They don't know how to handle it. Nope. All right. Uh, I want to get into the Minifan world stuff and then the listener questions. Mike, is there anything you want to touch on with the, the show from this week before we move on? No, I think we kind of hit everything on the head with the major topics, of course, uh, surrounding Alex Bennett, surrounding Clem Dog, surrounding Justin. You know, I, I'm glad that we touched on Justin as quickly as we did. But I just I guess I just want to say that if he ever does listen to this, you know, and I do wish I do sincerely wish him the best and that whatever's going on in his life, I hope that he could work it out and truly be successful. I agree. And uh, you're listening to Minna Fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm with Mike Cologne. It's 10.52 a.m. on Sunday morning here in Sydney. Um, let's get into a Minna Fan world stuff. So, well, I mean, this week we had Kirk on Mike Cologne's show. Um, a really good interview. I said before, go and listen to it. Um, now, I, I did notice you hit your 200th episode this week. Mm-hmm. And 
What was the um, – was it the police officer you interviewed? What's his name? It was the fire chief. Uh, this was from my FDNY yes. miniseries. Uh, that I call it the best of the bravest. Uh, yes. The FDNY's nickname is New York's bravest. So uh, Joseph Pfeiffer is a retired FDNY chief. He was the first chief into the World Trade Center mm, because on 9 Because if you've watched any sort of 9-11 documentaries, you would have seen Joseph Pfeiffer interviewed um, – and, and it, so, yeah, great to get him on. I haven't watched it yet. I want to go and watch it later on. So, um, yeah, um, how did it go? It went great. He was very forthcoming. The guy had a 37-year career, and I told him, I'm like, you know, so many people only ask you about that day. I'd love it if we can talk about everything in your career as much as you're willing to talk about. And I found out a lot of interesting things about him. That was volume 23 of my FDNY miniseries, and I've been trying to get him on my show for four years. So to finally get him for this 200th episode, the significant milestone for me, uh, it was great. He delivered. He was. He asked me after Thanks, the show. Uh, Thank you. He said, "I hope it was everything that uh, that you wanted." I said, "It was that, and then some chief." So it was good to get him. Oh, well, what a wild show, you know, Kirk Minahan, and then um, such an esteemed member of the FDNY. So well done. Go and check that out, um, Minna fans. Um, and you're Mike in New Haven at Mike in New Haven. On Twitter, yes, and uh, the YouTube channel is linked in my Twitter bio, or you can just go on YouTube and you can type in Mike Cologne Podcast, and I'm pretty sure that I'll pop up and you can subscribe. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate it. I, I'm at a, I'm at 1,130-something, so I'm over a 1,000, but you know, if you can get those numbers up, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Now, next bit of Minifan World stuff, Jerry Callahan was on Tucker Carlson with Will Kane. Uh, just great sport. I mean, that was so easy to make fun of. The suit, you know, the classic retired army veterans <laughs> outfit. The fact that Kirk had, uh, that Jerry had been, you know, invited on, then, um, you know, not not invited on, then invited back. And look, I've been in that situation where you get a call from a TV network and, hey, we need you on. And then, oh, no, something's come up. Maybe we don't need you. And then, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all a bit wild behind the scenes. But I bet you Jerry Callahan loved it. No, I'm sure he, he he looked he looked like a kid in a candy store, you know. So he was definitely in his element there. R.I.P. R.I.P. FBI. Yeah, that was funny. R.I.P. Now, a couple more bits of Minifan World stuff. There's not a lot going on. Um, obviously, the the wrap up show I hosted was probably um, the main bit of content. But um, for those of you who know what this is, it seems like GVE is finally dead. Um, internal factions have meant the splitting of GVE and you can't give the shares away at the moment. They're they're completely tanked, bottom of the barrel stuff. So finally, after many years of, you know, it's like a mosquito that's just always, you know, annoying you, GVE's finally gone. Uh Um, Have you ever come across GVE on the internet, Mike? Uh, I can't say that I have. Do I want to look it up? Nope, nope. Okay, no, absolutely not. And, and then, go. and then, and then the next thing is, um, last bit of Minifan world stuff. Tim in Canton is still alive. He's still a Minifan. I, I had doubts whether he was still a Minifan, but he called me last night, um, FaceTimed me, and um, just wanted to let me know that he was still good. Uh, I think he's just digesting his epic failure in the sleepover. But he'll, I think he'll bounce back this week. So just want to let you all know, Tim and Ken's doing well. All right, let's get into the listener questions. This is one of my favourite segments of the show, Mike. So, well, well, we'll start off with John Stewart. Will Menas step back from the mic for a minute to give us a taste of a potential Mike and Mick show in the morning or midnight? Well, John Stewart, Mick didn't show up. Beyond average Mick is 
beyond unreliable Mick because he didn't show up. So there you go. He says he was babysitting. I would put that in the same um, school of excuses of Red having to go to the airport suddenly. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Ned Snark. Were Justin's actions this week medically induced or part of a passive-aggressive plan? Hmm. That's a good question. I would have to lean towards uh, more if I had to guess. And, again, we really don't know. It would probably be more the former. Because I think somebody pointed out on Twitter that he had mentioned that he wasn't taking his medication recently. And I, I know he'd mentioned he'd been prescribed something. So, said, listen, it's happened to me sometimes. I mean, to a different extent now with mental health. But with my allergy medication, I understand it's a silly comparison. What happens when you stop taking your allergy medication? Well, your allergies are going to flare up. So it could be something to the similar extent with that, with his mental health, that, you know, when you stop taking your medications, all that bad stuff that, you know, you've been dealing with previously, it only exacerbates itself. So maybe it was that. I don't think, I don't think Justin's really trying to hurt the show, which by taking a passive aggressive approach, he would be. I don't think he's that kind of person. No, I, I, I like you tend to lead to the medical induced part, but. Yeah, it was weird um, that he just sort of walked out mid-show and he didn't take the full-time job. So I, I just wonder if, you know, there's just – I just wonder if he had, you know, a lot of doubts about where he was going with his life and whether this was the right uh, path. And, you know, I do wonder if spending a night in a car with McFuss Daddy and Tim Ridgels, you know, he probably at points thought, what the fuck am I doing? Um, next question, Melissa Gorman. Does this week's a great – listener melissa gorman met her lovely woman does this week's events with justin mean that dave cullinane failed him as a mentor now i apportioned one percent of the blame to dave cullinane for what happened because mike i don't know if you heard but a lot of the time they were saying that um you know dave and justin had been talking a lot about this in the car so i just wonder if dave didn't quite read the the situation properly Probably didn't, but then again, who could have? Because when you have somebody that says they want the job and then, you know, on, on, on the next note says, never mind, I don't want the job and walks off, how could you read a person like that? So it's very difficult to blame Dave in that situation because they did bend over backwards just for somebody, in this case, Justin, to flip their mind at the very last second. So I don't – I mean, maybe you can sign a little bit of it in terms of uh, – you know, maybe Dave could have steered Justin in a different direction or tried to work with him in certain things, certain deficiencies he felt that Justin might have had on the technical side. But at his age, listen, I'm in the same boat. I'm not, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not that much younger than Justin. It's sink or swim for us. Nobody's coming to get us but us. So either, you know, you're going to learn how to do certain things in life or you're going to fail and you're going to have to learn then from your mistakes or you're just going to have to stay in that same old rut. So when you have somebody who's 25 years old, who's more than capable of deciding for themselves and learning from themselves, there's only so much you can do for that person before you say, listen, mm. it's up to you. And, and I, I don't think Dave failed Justin because no, not at all. He, he was basically got him a job. Like Cullinane mm -hmm. was saying, we, we should give him a job. We can do the live streams better. So he didn't fail him. Um, next question. This is from Nipples. He had Mike. <laughs> Now, this is to me, now that you have produced an on-network wrap-up show, when can we expect you to start wrap-up shows on-network after every new KMS show? I believe this is what you wanted. You now have a set of keys. So, Nipples, um, look, I haven't been given um, unfettered access to the KMS YouTube channels. It was just temporary access through StreamYard. 
I've logged out. So I was very respectful. But I have been thinking a lot about, you know, the future of the wrap-up shows, the future of Minna Fandom, and whether there's an opportunity perhaps to, especially while there is no Justin-type figure in the in the studio, whether Minna Fandom could become a weekly wrap-up show on the main show network. Um, so, so that's what I'm thinking. I don't think I can do wrap-up shows after every show. I don't think I can do a wrap-up show and Minna Fandom every week, but maybe uh, the wrap-up show could be live on the network once a week. Hmm. be good. Would you come on again? Sure. Yeah, happy to. Right. Drip dry. Will you continue to host a wrap-up show? Is there any way that that drip KMS Reddit can be lured out of retirement to replace low-energy Rob from Matawaska and real bland owls? So that was John Stewart. I think KMS Reddit may make a comeback down the track. Um, question for you, uh, Mike Cologne from John Stewart again. Comment on the failure of Dave Cullinane to book Elvis Costello and Sean Aston. Now, as someone who's booked many guests, you know what a slippery slope that can be. You know, I, I, I again, I, I know I sound so sympathetic and almost a borderline apologist for Mr. Cullinane, but again, as you said, it is a t- you have to really stay on top of people, especially like let's take Jason Priestley for example. It's easier said than done because, granted, you would think that because they work for such a major outlet like Barstool Sports, it would be easy. Once someone says, hey, I'm so-and-so with a name brand like that that so many people know to get a guess, but it's not. You know, as, as Dave talked about, I've had people tell me, you know, that work at NBC that sometimes even they will get declined. And you would think NBC, enough said, mm. but it happens. You're, you're at the mercy of if somebody even opens your message and if they even see it in the first place. My key has been persistence. You know, I'm very, very dogged and diligent and consistent. Because I have to be, you know, and I'm not with a major outlet. I'm not a major brand. So I have no mm. choice but to be dogged. And I'm sure Dave is dogged, but, you know, listen, you can only follow up with so many times. You're at the mercy of someone simply either A, seeing the message first, and B, if they see it, deciding to open it. Mm. I heard when you interviewed Kirk this story about you requesting to have a news reporter on your show and you emailed her to her personal email and she got very upset at you. Is that <laughs> correct? Yeah, this was, uh, and, and for the minute fans, don't go after her. You know, she's not a bad person. I probably just, yeah, that's why I'm not saying any names. Uh, well, yeah, I was gonna name her, but I, well, I'm like, you know, yeah, I mean, not let me not name her, I'd rather not. But she's a reporter at uh, NBC New York, and you know, I followed her work for a long time, and I tried to get her on the show originally in 2018. I was 18 years old at the time, I was a rookie, I didn't know the right way or the wrong way to reach out to people. So, my way, you know, being a rookie, was calling up the station and asking, Hey, is she around just so I could speak with her and make my pitch? Not knowing, Hey, email the PR person, go through that process. Of course, I know that now. I didn't really realize it then. So a couple of years had gone by. I had come back from a lengthy hiatus because I wanted to finish, finish up college and get my driver's license. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I reached out to her on that personal email as opposed to her work one saying, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm looking for this, that and the other. And she remembered me, but she remembered me for all the wrong reasons. You know, she was no fan of how I chose to reach out and uh, you know, I, I still have the email. I, I try not to read it too much because there's no point in going back. But, uh, you know, she let me know that she found me to be really intrusive, really unprofessional. And she told me to learn some boundaries. And, you know, for a while, that you, left you, it- you weren't in the wrong there, Mike. Like you did nothing wrong. Like I've been requesting guests for almost 10 years, like emailing someone 
and asking them is not an intrusion. Maybe like getting their phone number and texting them or something would be, but yeah, just emailing someone, just emailing someone and asking them on your show, you know, it's simply she could have replied and said, um, Mike, unfortunately, I can't come on your show. With any further correspondence, please email. And she gives you either a PR rep or a, a, a yeah. work email. She but was that, just being a little bit of a, a not a nice person. Yeah, uh, you know, and listen, I mean, we her, her and I do share some of the same friends. So, you know, we do. I don't want to say we run in the same circles. Obviously, I'm not as prominent as she is. But I, I think for I didn't I never resented her for it. If anything, I was just kind of bummed out that it didn't work out. But uh, after that, you know, kind of like I said earlier, I pretty much said after that experience, it was a significant turning point. All right. I can't undo this. It happened. It sucked. But let me just go forward and continue to apply myself. And I'm glad that I did that because I can look back at it now almost two years later. It doesn't dog me anymore. And, you know, I don't hate her. I, I wish her nothing but the best, you know. No, but you did nothing wrong, and I think she was just picking on someone, you know. It's that old expression, shit runs downhill. Yeah, um, I felt it there. Yeah, all right, now we've got another question here. This is from Rich Kelleher, and this is – his question is, ask them, meaning the panellists, how they feel about pretending it's 2019 when it's 2022. Now, when I met, when I met Rich Kelleher, he kept saying, the show's dead, you know, 2019, the show was alive – the show's dead. I mean, I hate to steal this line from my old friend Red, but the show has never been better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know how anybody, especially after the last week, I don't know how anybody could listen after the last week and feel that it's dead. If you don't like it, just unsubscribe. Don't watch. Absolutely. Um, okay. Next question. Um, this is from Andy Mayo, who lives in Connecticut. He says his parents live in New Haven. New Haven does Mike know them now just just let me Mike let me just explain mm-hmm. this so Andy Mayo has a sort of a skin a, a sort of a, a physical dis- deformity that runs in their family sort of that they get a lot of growths from their face and so have you seen an elderly couple with a lot of growths on their face walking around New Haven I cannot say that I have uh is Andy is his hand just because there's I, there is somebody I do with the last name Mayo what is Andy's ethnicity, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, he, he's, that's not his real last name. Okay, that's not his real last name. Okay, because we used to have the school superintendent down in New Haven, yeah. which, uh, a fellow by the name of Reginald Mayo. Uh, and did he have some stuff on his face? No, not that I could remember. Okay. Reginald Mayo was an African-American fellow. I don't know if Andy's Af- African-American. No, he's not, definitely not. Okay, so then, that yeah, I probably don't know them. Yeah. Um, and uh, last question, this is from B. Skittles. Um such a loser, this guy. And this is his, where he writes, you're a loser if you you aren't glad Justin is gone. His entire act was being fat and gross. It wasn't funny and it ruined the show. I'm excited to be back listening after boycotting the show during his brief return. Why is men as gay for Justin? Well, that's more a statement than a, than a question. And B-Skittles, um, I'm not... Uh, gay for Justin. I just liked him as a person. Uh, I thought he was a good punching bag. But, you know, if you listen back to when Kirk rehired him a few months ago, I said it was a mistake and I stand by it. It's pretty much correct there. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, God, and plus Justin, I mean, I'm not trying to pick on him because I'm, I, listen, I don't know what he goes through, as I said earlier, and I can't stress that enough. 
on a personal level, but yeah, when I see him, when he pops up on camera, I'm like, yeah, that is a big man. He, he, should, he should probably uh, slim down a bit. I'm not even trying to say I have to be funny or pick on him, but it's just not healthy. It's going to lead to a lot of problems mm. down the road if he doesn't watch himself. Yeah, looking at the rubbish in the back of his car, he's got to cut down on that junk food. Yeah, I would say so. Mm. And I can imagine as well when he's in that hot dog van all day at the golf course, like he must just be, like he must like knock back six, ten hot dogs a day, easy. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, if you're in that situation, especially during the summertime when it's hot and you get really? hungry. Yeah. So, of course, yeah, not good. All righty. So that was listener questions. Thanks, everybody that wrote in. Um, great to hear from you. Love that segment. And we'll just wrap it all up, Minna Fandom. I'm uh, Andrew. I'm with Mike Cologne. This is Minna Fandom. It's 11, 10 a.m. on Sunday morning here in Sydney. Um and it's the, the the segment dedicated to my former co-host Red's parents. What are you watching? So, Mike, what are you watching on TV at the moment? Ah, you know what? I feel like around COVID, I just stopped watching a lot of uh, TV. You know, I, I used to, but with all the news being what it was, I just needed a break from it. But when I will turn on my TV every now and then, I'm I'm an old school guy. I love watching the old '90s episodes of Law and Order because Jerry Orbach is oh, yeah. my favorite actor ever, and I love this portrayal of Detective Lenny Briscoe. So, if anything, when my TV is on, it's it's old school Law and Order. Can't beat it. You're an you're an old soul, aren't you, Mike? You <laughs> you're an old soul trapped trapped in a, a young man's body. Uh, well, look what I've been watch, what I've been watching this week. I watched that new movie. The Prey, the Predator prequel. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's on Hulu in the States, Disney Plus in Australia. Yep. Really good. Really good. I mean, just a fun action movie, under two hours. Great way to just to, to kill an afternoon with some popcorn. Um, I've just about finished Gaslit, which is a, docu- uh, a story about the Watergate scandal. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it. It's got Julia Roberts, Sean Penn. Ter- terrific six-part documentary, truly mm-hmm. exceptional. Sean Penn, Julia Roberts, great performances. And then last night I watched a movie, The Unbearable Weight of Being Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, and, I, look, I didn't love it. A sort of friend of, my, friend of mine was in it, so I watched it because of that. And out of ten, I'd probably give it a five, maybe a five and a half. Like it, it was sort of watchable, but my wife and I, did spend quite a bit of time on our phones uh, when it got a bit boring. So, um, yeah, not not sure about that one. And that's yeah. what we've been watching. Yeah, I've, I've heard it. You know, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. I, it got a lot of great reviews, though. I guess people really admire the satire of it. But mm. Oh, yeah. It was a, yeah, didn't quite land for me. Mm. Um, well, that's it for Minna Fandom this week. Um, great to have Mike Cologne on. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, and we'll do this again. I'd be happy to do it anytime. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. Loved speaking to someone who's so professional, prepared, knows his stuff. Um, I, I'm not sure what's happening with Minifandom next week for everyone listening. I'm not sure whether they'll be able to squeeze in a show next week, um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see how my negotiations go with Dave Cullinane and Kirk Minahan about maybe uh, making this a, a network show, um, maybe, you know, while – there's no wrap-up show. This can be done there live on a Saturday night or something. So we'll, we'll talk about that um, behind the scenes. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Good thanks, everybody. Mike. Thank you.